Do you love Batman? Do you love Frasier? Do you love Seinfeld? Do you love Dr. Seuss? Do you love James Bond? Do you love Captain America? Oh, hell, do you just love everything that's nerd-related? I know I do. Well, you should come on over to a Nerds World podcast and listen to us, Justin and Andrew, talk everything that's nerd. Yeah, every two weeks, we delve into some random topic that we choose at the end of each episode, and we tell you the whole history of it, or as much as we feel the need to write down, our history of it, and our favorite things about it. So come on over to a Nerds World, wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror now here's your host justin and brandon take it away boys hello everybody and welcome to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror and finally we kind of sort of actually mean everything Uh, i am one of your (laughs) hosts my name is justin I am your other host. My name is Brandon. And this episode, we're trying something new, something different, something fresh and clean. Never been done before, <laughs> at least on our show. Right. And uh, hopefully you guys will like it. If not, let us know. If so, let us yeah. know. Because otherwise we just do whatever the fuck we want. Pretty much. It's yeah. what we've been doing for the last year and a half anyway, so it's yeah. no big deal. <laughs> uh, so what... I decided to do this episode is uh, original versus remake, the Nightmare on Elm Street edition, mostly because I love Nightmare on Elm Street and because Brandon gives me shit about the remake, and it's really not that bad. Like it has its it problems, is. and it's never going to be as good <laughs> as the original, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Really not that bad. And we're doing a director spotlight on the one and only Wes Craven, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Can't believe it's been almost five or five years already. Has it been that long? God, it has. It, yeah, it's been over five years. Yeah, I'm just I looking remember. at my notes. August thirtieth, twenty fifteen. Yeah, as I said, I, I I thought it was fairly close to the date we're at right now. I just I wasn't sure. Um, what it was exactly, yeah. but I knew it was close. It, over over five years, but I didn't know how far into that it was. Not too far off. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess without much further ado, let's get started. Um, So, the original Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984, directed by Wes Craven, written by Wes Craven, and starred John Saxon, Ronnie Blakely, Heather Langenkamp, Amanda Wise, Nick Corey, Johnny Depp, and, of course, Robert Englund. It was released... Uh, November 9th, 1984, with a budget of $1.8 million, with a box office of $57 million. So Money. not too shabby. Not at all. And that's all I have before we get into our top five favorite things for the original. <laughs> You're like, I wonder how long this is going to take. Like two minutes in, and we're already into the meat of it. <laughs> well, and then we're going to do, you know, a little break here, and then we'll do the, the 2010, and then uh, we can discuss, you know, why they're let better. Get, okay, let me get my notes pulled up here. Okay. Because uh, um, I did actually do it, so. I'm so happy for you. Uh, Especially since if you hadn't, we would have been really screwed. I guess we could have no, just gone off of mine. 
Yeah, I would have been like, oh, weird. Our lists are exactly alike. That's so strange. <laughs> um, I didn't right. put mine in a countdown order. I just kind of. I didn't either. Yeah, I just kind of wrote them down as I thought of them. So I might yeah. jump around my, my list a little bit. And I suppose I'll start actually at the bottom of my list. But it, it's probably the most important aspect of the movie that puts it leaps and bounds above the remake, which is Wes Craven. Right. You know, it's this was his baby, his dream, his idea, no pun intended, though slightly true, because he, he did have nightmares about a an elderly mm -hmm. man in a sweater that walked around his neighborhood, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, uh, and if you're not 100 percent sure, you can always go back to the very first episode and listen to the deep dive In of pain. our number one. Well, technically, our first actual topic episode. Yeah, I mean it. Obviously, none of this would exist without him. Right. The character alone, and you know, there's something about his style if you look at scream if you look at really anything that he's done I, I it's hard to put a finger on what exactly it is but there is a flavor that he brought to his movies mm -hmm. that just made them feel more authentic and honestly i a lot of it i think has to do with there's a there's a i don't know there's kind of an intelligence to it you know what i mean like right there's something there that, uh, yeah, it, it, you can't really, it's hard to put your finger on it. But, like, if you think about the movies that he did, that, like, you know, you have your final girl trope or whatnot, but, like, his final girls were always, like, super smart. Yeah. And, like, they weren't just, you know, your Sidney Prescott's or your Nancy Thompson's. Like, it wasn't just, you know... I can't really put it into words, but I, I, I kind of, if we're thinking the same thing, I think I, I kind of get where you're going with it. Yeah, and there's definitely a more heroic quality. I mean, the Friday the 13th girls, there is, mm -hmm. I don't think it's even always a girl at the end. I'd have to rewatch them, and I don't plan on doing that anytime soon. Um, but, but I mean, it's been over a year since you've done that, though. True. I, I, we are due. It's something we talked about briefly earlier. We do need to crack into Friday the 13th and Scream. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, if I hadn't already said last episode that I wasn't going to do a movie that I would follow suit and do something different, yeah. then I probably would actually go with Scream. It's one of my favorites. I know it's one of yours, and mm -hmm. so that's why I don't necessarily feel bad about being the one to pick it. Yeah, and I did but, Nightmare, so I mean, you can do the other West classic. Right, and so... So what's uh, yeah. one of yours from your list there? Um, so, uh, I think I kind of did my list. It's not in any particular order of, you know, best to least or whatnot, but... Sure. So it, it will kind of follow the vein of the movie a little bit unless something popped up later that I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, this is way cooler and I got to take something off. Um, so my, my top moments from this, I'll start with number one. 
that I wrote down was uh, Freddie making his glove. Um, that was just the whole like the intro to that where you know he's going through he's he's making his glove. Um, you don't get a lot of that preparation on the killer side in these movies unless you watch Leslie Vernon. Sure. You know you basically you kind of just get the killer doing what the killer does and there's no um there's no lead into it it just they're kind of there yeah i mean unless you're talking like a friday the 13th remake you never really see the process of them becoming it's just this is what they are for this movie this is what they have for this movie and i did i totally forgot about that that is actually something that they added into that one was um kind of gives you a little you know glimpse behind the curtain on um what he does kind of like with the bells and then the traveling underground yeah um it kind of takes a little bit of the mysticism away sure that i think but you know i also don't mind seeing behind the curtain a little bit you know definitely i mean that's one that i i definitely want to do once we finally start ow, start friday the 13th is to crack into the remake because i love the remake yeah i i did too i liked it quite a bit and that's like i'm not opposed to remakes reboots whatever Mm -hmm. um as much and when we start talking about uh the nightmare remake i'll i'll give my thoughts on that sure but like it yeah the the friday remake um or reboot was awesome all right, so my next one, um, again, it kind of goes back to, to Wes and the pacing. Um, mm. And the biggest standout for me for pacing compared to the original was the claw coming out of the water in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost a shot-for-shot remake, but the pacing in the remake is so quick it's not nearly as eerie and disturbing. Right. There's a slowness to how... It wasn't England that did it, I don't think, but there's a slowness to the claw coming out and retracting and coming back that makes that scene so much more disturbing that I almost wish they had done it that way in the remake given the the sexual overtones of that movie. Right. Agreed. Back inside. God, I was really... Okay, my daughter came in the garage again. I really was like... I was pointing at her. I was pointing to the door. I was trying not to (laughs) fucking do anything. Because it, like, literally, like, I can't put a reverse lock on my garage door. Otherwise, I, you know, or maybe I'll get some sort of button I can push where, you know, the door (laughs) can open. But it got to a point to where she knew that I wanted to go back inside. So when she got to the doorway, she started talking shit. And I'm like, get back inside. God. (laughs) Fucking kids. I love them. Um, sorry for the distracting. Well, what was that it for your... Yeah. Okay. So um, the next the next thing that, that I had written down for um, my top two moment, if you will, was uh, when Nancy falls asleep in class and um, she's being chased, you know, through the boilers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so like, I thought it was a great scene. Um, the only, my only gripe with this and it's, 
it's really not even that big of a deal, but with this scene and as the movie kind of went on, like the way the movie started, the music was dark, it was creepy, mm-hmm. you know. It was, you know, really eerie tones. And then as it progressed, it got more 80s, you know, synthy pop style, you know. Um, yeah, especially once uh, you're in the dream world more. Yeah, and I don't know if that was intentional. I mean, obviously it had to be, but like, I guess it didn't necessarily take me out, but it definitely didn't really scare me anymore. You know, I kind of just was like, oh, you know, it's another 80s movie, which I love. But the the, the 80s style theming as the movie went on, and yeah, Dreamworld style, it kind of just took me out fair enough but i did but and another another not another nitpick on that but when she finally wakes herself up when she puts her arm up against it and then wakes up and screams in class i was like okay that was that was kind of cool i remember seeing i thought that she put her arm up with her forearm and even though the inside was the side that was burnt we're not here to talk shit so (laughs) this is the good (laughs) stuff thanks for the this is the good stuff this is the good and hey there's not a lot that well, I'm sure there is. It's an 80s movie. You yeah. can always find stuff to uh, nitpick it. But, yeah, that's my um, that's my next one. Fair enough. Um, my next one has to go to the man of the hour. The reason why no reboot, remake, anything will ever be nearly as good. And that is Robert England. <laughs> we talked about this before. There's, I don't think there is anyone, especially around 2010 that would have been better for Freddy than mm-hmm. Jackie, but no one will ever be as good as Robert England. And I I will give you that. Um, when it comes to the remake, I've, I've been very vocal in my displeasure for it, mm-hmm. but I honestly... And Even while falsely remembering it? falsely remember there's no falsely remembering there was i so i I made it through the entire movie i did like the thing that it was a little was a little darker was a little more brutal um i don't think that there would have been a better casting for um freddie than uh for jackie earl harry uh jackie earl haley god i can't talk tonight um, not that he'll ever hear this, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Jackie Earl Haley. I don't know if it's just the fact that it's a, you know, first, middle, and last that I'm having a hard time with tonight. Let's um, just say that's what it is. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, I am curious, though, because there's been grumblings that there might be another reboot or something in the, like, out there in the horror sphere, and it, uh, I believe it was rumored that Kevin Bacon would be the one to play Freddy if they redid it or remade it. And I, guess, I think that's who Robert England gave his blessing to. Who's that? If if they were to do that, um, I would be curious to see how he would how he would betray uh, betray uh, portray it. But yeah, Jackie's performance in that, like I think there were a few times, and I, I honestly think it might just be the dialogue of the movie as well. Sure. But there were a few times where I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling it. But yeah. I think the thing that saved that more so was 
his uh, his uh, voice. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and again, it's it's product of the time. I mean, the 2010 is much darker. It's much more serious. It's much more sinister, and the motives behind what he does are mm-hmm. much creepier. Yeah, I agree, 100%. They um, lean into it a lot more, whereas with the original, because of, you know, censorship restrictions, there's only so much they could do at the time. Right. No, I agree. Which is why England had to be a little bit more campy. I think it got too much towards the end. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Your next right, one. I got you. Um, so, my next one... Um, Sorry, I'm also doing work from home right now, too, because, uh, like I said, I took a nap after work, and I am behind. Um, so, my number three, I had wrote um, the Nan- I wrote down the Nancy Chase, where um, Nancy's, he, uh, Freddie's chasing her up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, that whole scene is pretty sweet where like, she's trying to go up the stairs and like her feet keep sinking into the stairs and, um, gets up there. And then when Freddie kind of comes at her, he's got Tina's face, you know, and yeah. just that whole, you know, diving at her, you know, f- through the mirror and shit like that. Like it, that just that whole scene there I thought was pretty awesome. Well, that's decently done uh, for my next one, which is the practical effects. Um, okay. The the remake relies so much on CG, and I understand why, but mm-hmm. the the part that bothers me the most is when he's pushing through the wall. Mm-hmm. In the original, it was just this uh, sheet of plastic that they pressed really hard up against and then retracted. Mm-hmm. And then pressed up again even more and retracted. And it would just look like the wall, even though it was plastic. Yeah. But the effects were just not there in the 2010 to do that stunt. And even if they were, I don't... Yeah, I'm not sure the budget was there for it or something. Because it it wasn't Scorpion King bad, but it wasn't far off. No, it was very obvious CG. And I think... Part of it might have been because it was a patterned wall. I think mm-hmm. that hurt it. It, it. Really, if it had just been a clear color, that might right. have helped. We're, yeah, could have. But it just... Every time I see that scene, I go, Oh, the original did it better. Uh, yeah. And it's and creepier. It seems a lot more looming. Well, yeah, because it 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 was just enough... Like this one, it, I don't know, man. It kind of. I watched it what six days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of remember like it coming out looking almost like blobby. Yeah. And so yeah, I I I I, for once, am in agreement with you that yeah that scene. Yeah, was not good. Um, I kind of feel like with my list, it's a lot more scene for scene. Yeah, I'm talking like my favorite scenes from the movie. Like I, I thought our top five. Like when you're like, hey, let's do top five moments. I'm like, all right, these are my top five moments that happen in the movie. And you're like, idiot. Here's well, the, I sent you my list. Five. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read it because we were going to cover it. I guess well, I could have read it, but I already had it. my lists. It's fine. Uh, I kind of figured. 
I went well, broad. There's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of diversity in mm. the lists. Add to the texture. Yeah, a little bit more. So my number four that I have on this list is actually not even really scene. Well, it is scene related, but not as much as um, I loved um, the coffee pot in her bedroom and mm. how she would brew coffee in her room and then, you know, drink coffee and all that kind of stuff. As somebody that I do a lot of online gaming and I had my own little room inside the house where I had um, just my whole setup. Like it was a, it was a pretty sweet office. Um, and I had my gaming desk, everything was set up and I actually had a coffee pot on my desk. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was a little Keurig, but yeah, like, so when I saw, when I saw that again and I was like, Oh man, that's, that, <laughs> I had one of that's those. so cool. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's so something cool. that came from an article that Wes wrote, uh, read about mm-hmm. some kid who had died in his sleep and his parents were, you know, cleaning up his room afterwards and found a coffee pot under his bed like he had been trying to stay awake. Right, that's right. And that's so I you know I'll save this one I'll save this one because I was about to say something that kind of I was was going to bring up about the remake, but I'll wait till we cover the remake, but um, yeah, just the whole trying to stay awake thing, man. I couldn't do it. I'd no. last, I'd last two days. Yeah, I, I, I've stayed up an entire night once, and I felt so miserable the entire day. Like, <laughs> what's no, that's it's what's just not what's the longest you've ever stayed awake? I'd say just shy of two days, or well, Should- yeah, I guess that that's how that would work. Like you were like you were awake, you stayed up all night twice. Oh, I guess so. One day, or a day and okay. change, because it'd be I woke up, stayed up all night, and then went to bed around my normal time. Okay, yeah, and night. that's still even that's still even difficult. I think, I think the longest I had ever done was somewhere around like thirty-seven, thirty-eight hours, maybe. Ugh. So yeah, pretty much the same thing. Not quite two full nights, but right. pretty damn close. Yeah, that. Yeah, that because that 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 shit does suck. It makes me nauseous. Like, yeah, you just wake up feeling like hammered hell. Um, yeah, Yeah. some long hours. I mean, I think the longest I've ever worked, like at work, I think was twenty-one hours. Screw that noise. Yeah. Uh, my last one for this one, um, and I probably should have moved this up a little earlier, but who cares? Uh, the fact that it was an original story and villain, mm-hmm. you know, the remake's a remake, therefore it's retreading, so I can't really knock it, but at the time, and even looking back on it now, it's never really been done before, and it, it mm-hmm. hasn't really been done nearly as well since, because if you try, you're just copying Freddy. Yeah. The idea of a... And it's why he's my favorite of the horror icons. He's someone that you can never escape. And it's what I like so much about the second... Or the remake. Is it really feels like... No matter what... He will get you eventually. You either have to find a way to stop him... Or he will get you. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going to give credit to uh, to the remake about when we talked about in the next one was 
there was a lot more of an emphasis on the staying awake, how long you've been awake, you know, what's the, the longest anybody's been awake. Yeah, the, the, there's yeah the science of it. And, yeah, that may or may not um, be on my list. I expect it to be, given that you're not actually talking about the movies, but your favorite things about them. Um, yeah. So my my favorite, um, my final item on the list for this, um, I had written down. It's hard not to talk, you know, not to pick the blood fountain as yeah. one of your, you know, that a scene. Yeah, is. It's hard not to have that on your list. But then I also had written down because it's like if anybody talks about Nightmare on Elm Street, that's one of the first things that comes to mind is Johnny Depp getting pulled into a bed mm-hmm. and then, you know, exploded. Yeah. Um, well, that's but, again, I mean, the fact that so much of this is practical and it's, I mean, they tilted a room upside down and had mm-hmm. someone pinned to the wall and they just poured out blood so that they could. Yeah get the shot i mean it's yeah i i i am such a fan of practical effects it's and that's kind of why i I love some of these older movies is because you know the cgi wasn't there then and when they tried it wasn't necessarily um good wasn't necessarily (laughs) there yeah and so um you know Practical effects would definitely be something that'd be on my list if it wasn't this. But yeah. the thing that I, I had written down after that is, I think what I would have to go with even more so that doesn't really, I don't think, necessarily get talked about as much, would be Nancy booby-trapping the house for the final fight. The Home Alone um, scene? Just, yeah, Home Aloneing it. Just walking through and setting up all the traps like... It wasn't necessarily practical, but like it was, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. You know, trying to get the sledgehammer, you know, wedged just right so give me a nice crack to the ribs when you walk through a door, or you know, setting the exploding lamp, um, light bulb in the lamp, you know, just stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's clever. I mean, you don't know necessarily what he will be able to do or not do once he's in the real world, if you can even get him there. Mm-hmm. You don't know how well, you're going to react. I mean, just setting things up so that you have contingencies no matter what happens. Right. And I think that even that, not even so much that, like, I think she knew that she would like get him there because... Well, yeah, she did the sweater. That, yeah, well, that and the hat in the, in the sleep study. Yeah, right. And so... Um, but yeah, just being like, hey, I know that I can bring him into the real world... And I'm going to do that, and I'm going to fucking Kevin McAllister the shit out of him, even <laughs> though he has not even thought of yet. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, maybe this, maybe Home Alone got a little inspiration from uh, Wes Craven, which That'd would be, be cool. insanely interesting to find out <laughs> if that was the case. They didn't say that in uh, the movies that made us, but they could have been lying. Yeah, I love those like off topic man. The movie and the movies and toys that made us. Yeah. It was a great series. Love them. It's pretty much the reason I still have Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um before we move on into our top five of the remakes, um for those by the time this comes out, I'm I actually I'm not a hundred percent sure that it'll still be going on. Um but I've been sharing it on Facebook uh, so if you haven't seen it, um, for you fans of Robert England and Nightmare on Elm Street and all that, and if you like coffee, 
Dead Sled Coffee is doing a pre-order event right now, uh, w- collaborated with Robert England, releasing um, his blend of coffee, which is insane. I can't yeah, wait to get awesome. it. Uh, and th- this isn't like a promo or anything like that, because obviously nobody's going to sponsor the show but like never say um, never you know never say never they, hey, we got them to like our page didn't we yeah yeah shout out to them they they did like our page and i actually did get a couple of messages back and forth from them today which is kind of cool oh cool but uh, yeah I'll, I'll yeah i'll talk talk to you about that later um but yeah no there's no there's no sponsorships or nothing like that it's just no. if you're a fan you you're not going to want to miss out on this it's um it's a little steep in price but it's so you get a, a raglan t-shirt which is gray with red sleeves and then the hand-drawn artwork that's going to be for it which is awesome and then you get a really cool you get this uh coffee mug with the similar logo on it but it's got blood splatters uh throughout the design mm-hmm. and you get two bags of coffee one is the actual bag. Another one is like this limited special edition bag. But those that pre-order it also get, um, there's a 50 chances to win a signed bag of coffee from him with the limited edition bagging. And then one golden ticket winner will win an authentic um, Freddy glove. Which is awesome. Which is insane. Yeah, I don't want to tell people. I mean... Enough people know about it. Like I, I went yeah. to go pre-order it right when it launched, and yeah, the site crashed. I believe three times that night when they were trying to get it going. And so, like, there's a lot of people out there trying to get in on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you're if you're a fan, you, you, it's a, a a can't miss. And I know that Justin would get in on it if he wasn't already buying so many other things all the time <laughs> you're yeah. doing dude i'm i'm falling into that same trap dude but like i'm buying a lot of coffee hmm. i also bought some coffee from bones coffee too and i'll show you that <laughs> but, but i i just i love coffee um okay. i love toys and uh, i have a crap ton of toys i have three coming tomorrow <laughs> oh my god we'll talk about that later because <laughs> oh, so you almost got me sucked in and i was like who <laughs> Um, all right, so why don't you go ahead and kick us off with our uh, remake list. Yes, sir. So uh, the 2010 remake was directed by Samuel Bayer. I don't know anything else that he's done. Uh, right. Screenplay by Wesley... Here, i got to get this closer to my eyes. Wesley Strick and Eric uh, Heiserver. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say that probably wrong. Okay. Stars okay. Jackie Earl Haley, Kyle Gallner, Rooney Mara... Katie Cassidy, Thomas Decker, and Kellen Lutz. It was released right. April 27th, 2010 in Hollywood and April 30th, 2010 in the United States. May 7th, 2010 in the UK. Mm-hmm. It had a budget of $35 million and the box office was $115.6 million. So it actually did relatively well. Yeah. I mean, any time a movie can make back its budget, let alone more than double... Mm-hmm. It's considered a success. Well, yeah, which is, which is, uh, I'm surprised that they didn't try to do more of the remake. Like, if, you know, if, like if it was successful, you know, sequels yeah. are where it's at. Like, uh, why wouldn't you try to make more? I guess. I mean, they I did know. it with Hall- with Zombies Halloween. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect there to be a sequel to that. 
And there almost kind of shouldn't have been. <laughs> we'll get to that one day. Oh, someday <laughs> we will, yep. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I'm actually kind of glad it was a one and done. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as we've heard rumblings of a Friday the 13th sequel and all the production hell that it's been through, and the idea of right. Friday the 13th in the snow, which sounds amazing. Friday the 13th in the snow? Yeah. Like setting it in the winter time or something, and so there's snow on the ground. Just the idea okay. of Jason running through bloody snow just sounds amazing. It does seem super cool. Yeah. Just something. Oh wow. Okay. No, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. But with this, I don't know. I mean, he faced off against Nancy. Yeah. So unless you have her traumatized after the death of her mom. Right. Or she's actually still trapped in the dream world and he won and she has to try mm-hmm. and get out now. I don't really know where you'd go. Yeah. I would rather them have left it as a one and done than try to like bullshit a sequel though yeah. too, so And Getting into the list, the the thing that I, as much as I love Robert England, the thing that I love about this movie, I think the most, is that in this, Freddy, to me, is actually quite scary. Yeah, it's a lot darker. Um, and I honestly think that it was better for it. Because... Um, it's easy to to reboot a slasher when they're wearing a mask and there's no there's nothing like when like all the halloweens or all the friday the 13th when they all had different people playing my uh michael and jason yeah and like, they never talk could, so it doesn't matter yeah. right but freddy's all personality and so like i feel like with the remake you'd almost have to go in a different direction like could you imagine and I'm sure he would have pulled it off quite well because, I mean, the guy's got range, but, like, watching him try to be scary funny like what England Jackie? does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, like, he could pull that off, but I'm I'm almost glad that he didn't because I, I would hate as much as his, like, his, it, his performance was good and it was one of the only things that, like, it was one of my favorite things about the movie. Mm-hmm you know sans a few lines that he delivered um but i couldn't like i could see him doing it but i'm I'm glad i didn't have to i guess well it's the thing i mean it's like to take it this in a completely different area of uh entertainment it's like when will smith became the genie your feelings right. on that aside the thing as soon as they announced he was playing genie i went that's perfect because anybody else would have tried to be Robin Williams. Okay, yeah, I could see that because at least Will Smith is... Yeah, Will Smith is Will Smith, and Will Smith is always going to do Will Smith. Right. So you don't have to worry about him trying to replicate a previous performance because Will Smith is going to do Will Smith. Right. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So you want to go into your first... Yeah, so my first... Daddy. What? Someone's here. Why? To see you. Come on. No, Maisie, I'm busy right now. Hi, Izzy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Maisie, look what you did. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. Hi, Izzy. 
You wanna come say hi? I wanna go say hi. No, oh god, Maisie, hold on. <laughs> Make it fast. Are we editing this Get out? Get over here, dead air. You wanna say hi? Hi. Say how you do. Say how you doing, horror fans. Hi, horror fans. There it is. <laughs> All right. Are you happy? You got to say hi. Yeah. You want to co-host with me someday? Yeah. Talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. All right. Well. Look at. I know. Jason. Yeah, I know it's Jason. Jason, nice. Yeah. Get back inside, please. You weirdo. Ah, sorry, but not really. <laughs> um. No, so, as, I, I don't know if you knew that, so I have all my horror posters up except for Halloween because it fell off the wall when oh, my garage hard. door opened. But yeah, she points up, she goes, Jason? <laughs> Doing this weird voice. I'm like, yeah, it's Jason. Get back inside. <laughs> um, so, so, the proud. things that I wrote down, uh, I am. She's my little horror buddy. Um, so, the, I, I wasn't as in-depth with my list on this one, and I wish I would have been for my third thing I'd written down mm -hmm. but the thing that I like uh, about the movie uh, my number one on my list is um, I wrote down the intro just because I kind of felt like it set the tone for like what the rest of the movie was going to be it was dark scratchy mm -hmm. um, like images of the playground and yeah like it, it let you know exactly what was going to happen and, and how it was going to happen like it was just it set a real vibe for the rest of the movie and i i'm actually a fan of it i mean it's pretty cut and dry for how a lot of these horror movies do their intros anymore, yeah especially at the like, time yeah but i kind of like yeah it, it worked for me in this movie and that was um actually the entire intro like leading into that and then kellen lets his character trying to stay awake in the diner and like hey if you keep falling asleep i gotta kick you out and yeah um and then, then taking the knife to his own throat like that's brutal yeah, yeah that's probably like the best part of the movie for me because like it, it is it's brutal he just cuts his own throat and it's like i couldn't imagine like having the power to do that you're like Obviously, he wasn't doing it himself, but, like, standing there and watching somebody cut their own throat, because you can only see that person, mm -hmm. is like, holy shit, what the... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. it's almost tough because of how much the rest of the movie is so shot for shot the original, because mm -hmm. it's such a unique new thing an element to the franchise that we've never seen before. Right. That it is one of those things that makes me God, they, if they could have just kept going, and they kind of do, but just kind of yeah. kept going in that direction. I don't know. Maybe people wouldn't shit on this movie so much, but who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I, I am, I am a lot harder on this movie that, and I wouldn't say that I need to be like, it's not good. But it's not the worst. Like, it's not uh, that movie Pulse. Yeah. Which I think is the one one of the movies that I think... I don't know if I made it all the way through there. That movie was just so bad. <laughs> it's like one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. And I'm Coming sorry to Coming from the guy that likes that uh, killer clowns. So that's really saying something. Hey, watch it. 
we're watching different times um but yeah man like uh, there's 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 some saving qualities of this movie and about as much as i'll give on that (laughs) i don't have that's all i have to say about that about that um my next thing is i think one of the things that most people bump on with this movie i know it's one of the things you complained about because you didn't quite remember it correctly but it's the fake out innocence of freddy Oh, uh, well, yeah, I had I forgot about it because I hadn't seen it in 10 years. I understand. I'm just saying. The reason I but, like it so much is because when you peel back and think about the fact that he is a child molester and he is has been screwing with these kids' minds their entire lives and that's his thing, it's just another layer of that predatory aspect of the character he's trying to prey on their innocence and Mm. trying to make himself look like the victim when in reality he's the horrible monster right and that like if you were to say that alone like that yeah I I know I I did forget about it again until Mm. that but yeah so that um yeah that is uh peep yeah it is god i'm lost for words right now but yeah so it is <laughs> but it you. is really no you didn't stump me it's just it, i think it is one of those things that it doesn't get enough credit on that aspect because like you take somebody you completely rework it and then you're like hey we're gonna try to make this guy appear as if Clancy Brown was on a witch hunt and this and that like mm-hmm. you know he's actually not the bad guy and he really did care about these kids and all that kind of stuff and then you do find out that he really is the piece of shit that everybody said he was then you're like oh that's disturbing yeah I mean that's the thing that that's what I love about this movie is that it takes the character to a level that they couldn't in the 80s yeah and they were nowhere near by the end of the run of the franchise with Robert is that the the mind games and the the sickness to a villain like this and just how depraved they can be that they'll make you try and feel sorry for them and like Mm -hmm. no it was it wasn't me it wasn't me and it it you know this wasn't my fault Right. And then they reveal that it really is, and just how horrible it was. It it always yeah. gets me. No, I I I I'll I'll agree with you on that, man. Because that's the one thing that like I feel like this movie did get it right. Because like Freddy Krueger is no doubt a, a frightening concept of a killer that isn't really that frightening portrayed in film because of his time. So yeah, it it was super campy. Mm -hmm. He became kind of like, I don't know, king of the one-liners. Like, you know, by the end of the franchise, he became Bugs Bunny. I mean, there's a scene in, I think five where he actually pushes a roll of road spikes with his back 
and by the end of the road he goes <laughs> and does a deep pant like Bugs Bunny pushing a boulder like it's <laughs> I never put that together it's been a little bit since I've actually watched all of them in sequence like that and I keep we keep talking about it I, 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 I want to do it one of these days one of these days well all of them really we're getting into the time where it's i'm gonna have to start revisiting the halloweens but mm-hmm. all right you're number man. two my number two on the list um one of my next favorite things about this movie was so graphically we already shit on the fact that this movie did not do very well with its uh generated graphics mm-hmm. right but right. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when is is their take on when Chris falls asleep in class, and you know she's dozing, she's dozing, and then all of a sudden she pops up, and then it's dark, it's kind of a darker, and then everybody just kind of poofs, mm-hmm. like you know ashy Endgame, and I that like that whole little scene right there I thought was great, like just the fall like the falling asleep in the class. And then everybody just kind of vanishing right in front of her. And, yeah. um, and the I, classroom they, they looks did... like it's burned a little bit. And... Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I thought that I thought that they did a real good job executing that scene. Yeah. Um, digitally, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's where the majority of the graphics budget went to. Was in that. <laughs> Probably. I mean, the scene. one, the wall scene is kind of a throwaway that's, it's a classic from the original, but, mm-hmm. you know, I could see them spending more time on some of the set pieces like the classroom. Right. Well, that that's the thing is a, quick a lot of the the set pieces were great. Yeah. A lot of those set pieces were top notch in my opinion. Like they did a real good job with it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of wish things had stayed more along the lines of uh, special ef- or the practical effects. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, my next one, we touched on it earlier, the science of see- sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it goes into the realism of it all and the idea that if if you stay awake long enough, your body will shut down and it will force you to sleep either in a coma or you'll die and... Right. Given his shtick, his M.O., no matter what happens to you, if you stay awake long enough, Freddy wins. Yeah, there's there's no there's no way out. You have to you have to win. There's there's nothing you can do. You you will get got one yeah. way or another. Whether mm-hmm. it be because you sleep and you never wake up, I'm sure that he would prefer it not to. Well, actually, if you fall asleep and you never wake up. Or you're in a coma, yeah. You better hope that you don't fall asleep and end up in a coma, because that's that's just going to be bad for. Yeah, the way they describe you. it in the movie, and we'll touch on it a little later, because I actually do have a couple actual scenes on my list. Oh, awesome! The idea of him keeping you awake long enough that you fall into a coma—it's permanent sleep, and so. Yeah. You know, to yep, you borrow from Robert things. England, you're in my world now, bitch. Like. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> bitch um so my so my next scene i i don't remember it and i guess i wrote down six things so i can kind of nix this one i'm not going to go into detail because i don't remember it fair enough 
but I I wrote down Quentin to Kruger Chase. And I don't was there a scene where Kruger and Quentin were Yeah, um when it's when we find out it it's when Freddy shows Quentin how he died and oh, makes fuck. him think that it was you know, he was being set up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because that's when they show that Kruger dies and or they, you know, burn his the room that he's hiding in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I will keep that in there, dude. Yeah, that whole thing, because yeah, that's Quentin's doing the the swimming. Yeah. Yeah, and then he falls asleep and. He wakes up wakes and he's up. in like a puddle on the ground. Well, no, it's not even a puddle. Like he's in like it, yeah. Well. I don't remember. Be, I didn't but... actually rewatch the movies. I'm doing this all from memory. Oh, good for you. Yeah, there was kind of like it almost looked like it was kind of a tank, mm. like an in-ground tank where he popped up out of. But it, it it was like a railroad yard. Look, like in Russia is what it looked <laughs> like. Like it, it looked very, um, what is it, uh, Eastern Europe to me for some reason. It just looked real dark, dark and, and cold. Dank. Yeah, and so yeah, that whole scene like where that you know that's going and he's watching what happens to Freddy and then you know it's always funny in this movie to me when you have um, you know Jackie's got the deep and fucking raspy voice mm-hmm. you know in this and Watchmen and you know then to hear him talk normal where he's like no it's not me <laughs> stop you no. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, or, you know, the scene where he's playing with the kids outside and he's mm-hmm. laughing and talking normal and stuff like that. It's to be able to get that. De- it's the same thing with Tony Todd. Like you listen to Tony Todd speak and everything's normal. But then like when he does the Candyman voice and he gets so low and deep, you're just like, oh, God, that's frightening. Well, I mean, he does Dark Side in some of the DC movies, and like that. He does. Yeah, that depth yeah, that he I, did, I, gets. Yeah, I knew that. I need to watch some of those newer ones because I have a feeling that I'm going to get. Like, I'll be watching that. I'll be like, oh my God, when did Candyman become Dark Side? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're crossing universes here. I've got um, them all if you ever want to borrow. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so that whole, you know. Quentin getting got to Kruger, like that was a that was a great scene. It really was. Uh, my next one is also a scene, uh, Jesse's death, when uh, he has him in the boiler room and he's got him stabbed and he's just technically dead uh, mm-hmm. in real life in his jail cell, right. but he's toying with him and talks about how the brain's still alive. Uh, and they have six more minutes to play. And the way he says six more minutes to play is so disturbing. Mm-hmm. It just shows just how creepy his Freddy is. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a real... Oh, uh, yeah. With that, like... Sorry, I can hear a baby crying inside my house right now and it just made me lose my train of thought but yeah no i i agree with you on that it's uh it does it does add a layer of that um predatoriness to where he's like yeah i i got you for three more minutes (laughs) but you know it's six minutes minutes of (laughs) playtime yeah 
Um, what was Rest that? Rest in that peace, was number... Randy Savage. Rest in peace, Macho Man, 100%. <laughs> um, so diving into number four, mm-hmm. was that your number four? Yeah. Um, so number four for me was the, um, the Marcus uh, video blog. Mm. Marcus Yon, yeah. Yon, Yon, who is yeah, also his... in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, he was. Um, he his, his that little it wasn't a a huge part of the movie, but like just the video blog and the deterioration deterioration of character. Mm-hmm. As you know, he's like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep, and it's just it it gets more you know desperate. Yeah, he's You're always like, there, and every me. time I close my eyes, I see him, and he's you, gonna could, get me. And I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I really couldn't. It's crazy. Well, and then he just—you see him fall asleep that last time, and then his head just slams against his monitor. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of things in this movie that, like, there are some underrated elements about it. I will give it that. I don't know. Um. But, like, there's only four on my list. (laughs) (laughs) You said six earlier. Yeah, but... And you've agreed with all four of mine, so... All right. I get it. So that's eight. I'm not... Ten. Yeah, give me number five. My number five uh, is when he finally gets Nancy and the idea that he kept her awake long enough that he would... He wasn't trying to kill her the whole movie. He was trying to keep her awake long enough so that once she finally fell asleep, she'd be his forever. And mm-hmm. he has her in the dress she wore when she was a kid and says, this dress was always one of my favorites and runs his claws up her leg and she's yeah, pinned that to was, the bed. Yeah, that was my least favorite part of the movie was when he was like... Like, See, that's my favorite bro. because it just it shows just how horrible he is, just no, how I, frightening. I get it, and stop, stop, like stop trying to talk me into liking the movie. <laughs> I get it. You like every you time you like do this, this movie, you just won't admit I, it because it hurts you. It doesn't hurt me. I'm not going to do it because <laughs> it's not true. But the thing is, is your ability to explain things. It, it does help shed different lights on things that you might not normally have or might not have already thought of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll agree with you, but that doesn't mean I'm going to watch this movie again. In fact, <laughs> the reason, the reason, like, I own this movie, but that's only because I tried to uh, do my disc to digital on one of the copies of, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, and it scanned but it didn't scan the movie that it was. It gave me the, the remake. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I guess. <laughs> it's $2. I'll take it. But, but yeah, that's why I own it. I mean, I have all the other ones on DVD. I just, I think the Nightmares are the last ones that I need to buy to have Did in my voodoo. Yeah. Fair enough. Which would make it a lot easier for me to watch them. But. Your last one before we get into right, the spotlight. So- yeah, I'm going to do a quick, because technically I have two. So I don't remember why I wrote down Nancy in the pharmacy. Um, it's she's He's attacking her in the pharmacy, and she's freaking out, and he cuts her arm, and yeah, you know, there's product 
spraying all over the place and falling to the ground. Okay. So I'm going to jump to my uh, next one because, like, I, uh, there must have been something cool enough about it to make me write it down, but nothing you said right now just made me go like, oh, my God, that's it. Well, what was um, cool was because it was it was going between the boiler room and oh, fuck, the that's what it was. That's what it was. That's why I wrote it down. Was the 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 yep yeah, the scene transitions? That was pretty fucking cool. Um, so my number six is the things that the um was the bloody hallway uh, through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. It, it really gross. Just trying to run around and uh, run away and you know trying to get away from them and uh yeah instead yeah, it's, of doing it's kind the, of a step above the uh cement stairs from the original that's what yep that's what i was about to say before you interrupted me yeah i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely a one-up of on the cement stairs um that's for sure yeah like if i were to rate this movie i'd probably there's a lot of redeeming factors to it there's a lot of things about it that i don't hate um, that's nice. Jackie Earl Haley, his performance was, I can't fault him for some of the things about the movie that I don't like, because I do like him quite a bit as an actor. But um, just the movie, it's, uh, there's some dialogue issues with me. But Fair enough. Yeah, overall, overall I'd rate it probably a 4 out of 10. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, but I was see, hoping it'd that, at least get to six. <laughs> but see, that's you did. That's the next part of that, though, man. Like, like Jackie's portrayal and the things that I wrote down. Like the few scenes that were, you know, kind of a clever. They were clever. They're smart things to have in the movie. Like, it makes sense. You know, the science of sleep deprivations. You know, the blog, like the video blogs. The, you know, just little things like that. Um, it worked, and so it's enough to be a six in spirit, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to treat it as such. Give me the satisfaction of saying that you actually like it. <laughs> I'm, well, no, and I'm not saying I don't like it because uh, I want you to suffer, or because I can't. That doesn't mean I won't build a shit on it in the future. Uh huh. But you want to be able to shit on it in the future and make me suffer. I understand. <laughs> oh no we're done talking about remake how about we go into our final segment all right yeah this is taking longer than i thought it would so uh next well, up hey, is... there's not it's been decent dialogue so i can't exactly no i'm not bitch. complaining i'm just you bitch. usually do stop shut your face this took longer than i thought it would so this is a good thing really it's not like a half hour long episode like i feared it would be well, I, I was, and that was even kind of what I thought, like what I said before we started recording. I'm like, I don't think people would be mad if they got a 30-minute episode. It's easy to digest. Yeah. Quality, it's quality content. There's a lot of nuggets of information being shared. Like, it's everything that we would want in an episode. True. But I don't want them so, to miss us too much before our next one. No, but we can also announce what's coming up. This is true. But we'll do that what after. Got you, Yep, what got you super excited at lunchtime today. <laughs> yeah, and I meant to lead with that, and then I forgot. So we'll do it uh, at the end. Okay. Uh, so now we're going into uh, my spotlight on uh, Wes Craven. Just okay. a brief bio, some of his uh, hits, you know, things that he did throughout his career, a couple of life highlights. 
a lot of stuff that you can find on you know his Wikipedia page, IMDb, stuff like that, all just mm-hmm. summed up into one place. Right. So uh, Wes Craven was born August second, nineteen thirty nine, and passed away August thirtieth, twenty fifteen. He's best known for creating the A Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which uh, ran from nineteen eighty four to twenty ten, featuring the characters Freddy Krueger, Nancy Thompson as well as the Scream franchise that went from 1996 till technically 2011, but we're going to get another one next year, hopefully. Okay. Featuring Ghostface and uh, Sidney Prescott. His other Mm -hmm. notable films include Last House on the Left in 1972, The Hills Have Eyes in 1977, Okay. Swamp Thing in 1982, Right. The Serpent and the Rainbow, which I've never heard of, in 1988, Shocker in 1989, The People Under the Stairs 1991, Vampire in Brooklyn 1995, and uh, Red Eye in 2005. Mm. Which I I forgot that he did that. I didn't know. I didn't realize that he was a part of Red Eye. Yeah, I didn't either. Tell me that he. Oh no. What? Okay, so. Remember how I was shitting on that movie Pulse? Uh-huh. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. Oh, nice. Yeah, real, real quick, nice. though. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not going to change my opinion on it. It's Sure. It's a hor- 2006, so when their computer hacker friend accidentally channels a mysterious wireless signal, a group of co-ed, uh, co-eds rally to stop a terrifying evil from taking over their world. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. It, it wasn't, man. Like, there's actually some people in the movie where they go, oh, okay, I know that person, I know that person, but, mm. like, eh? Oh, I'm sorry. But, yeah, not, I got a Not everybody's entire roster of things is perfect. I mean, no, it's everyone not. Everyone their, their low sides. Yeah, it's got a solid 4.8 out of 10. I so had a joke and it left my head. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Technically, this was ranked higher than my my take on Nightmare. So, <laughs> yeah. so really, uh, it's not the worst horror movie you've ever seen. Uh, Craven's final film was Scream Four in two thousand eleven. Oh, but I also would have given Pulse a fucking two star rating too. <laughs> well, that makes me feel a little better. Rest in peace, Sir Craven. Mm-hmm. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio, the son of. Carolyn and Paul Eugene Craven. Uh, he earned an undergraduate degree in English and psychology from Wheaton College in Illinois, and a master's degree in philosophy and writing from John Hops- Johns Hopkins University. Mm-hmm. Craven briefly taught English at Westminster College and was a humanities professor at Clarkson College of Technology, later named Clarkson University, in Potsdam, New York. He additionally taught a Madrid, what taught at Madrid Waddington High School in Madrid, New York. During this time, he purchased a used 16 millimeter film camera and began making short films. Mm. Uh, sorry, breathing. Uh, Craven left the academic world for the more lucrative role of pornographic film director. In the documentary Inside Deep Throat, Craven says on camera he made quote many hardcore X-rated films under pseudonyms. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While his role in Deep Throat is undisclosed, 
Most of his early known work involved writing, film editing, or both. Craven's first mm. feature film as director was Last House on the Left, which was released in 1972. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, later, based on advice from a friend about the ease of filming in the Nevada desert, Craven began to write a new horror film based on that locale. The resulting film, The, F- the Hills Have Eyes, cemented mm-hmm. Craven as a, quote, horror film director. With Craven noting, it soon became clear that I wasn't going to do anything else unless it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> uh, although known for directing horror thrill films, he had worked on two films which are outside this genre, uh, Music of the Heart from 1999, and as one of the 22 directors responsible for Paris Atem in 2006, hmm. which is Paris I Love You. Yeah. Which I have seen, and it is a really good movie. I haven't seen it. Surprise. They did an American version called New York, I Love You, which is also pretty good. And so I found the Paris Atem and got that one, too. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, Craven created Coming of Rage, a five-issue comic book series with 30 Days of Night writer Steve Niles. The series was released in digital form in 2014 by Liquid Comics, with a print edition scheduled for an October 2015 debut. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, throughout his career, Craven was nominated for and won numerous awards, including multiple Saturn Awards and several film festival honors. In 1977, Craven won the Critics, Critics Award at the... Sitges Film Festival for his horror film, The film the Hills Have Eyes. In 1997, the... Gerardmer? Are you all right over there? <laughs> I'm running out of breath and there's hard words at the end. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If I, I, I'm, It's your spotlight and I don't want to... I'm not, oh, I, don't, I know. I'm, uh, I hate to make you talk too much. That's fine. I could breathe and let you say things, but... We're almost done. Yeah. Uh, at the film festival, which granted him the grand prize for the slasher film Scream, in 2012, the New York City Horror Film Festival awarded Craven the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, Craven awesome. passed away of a brain tumor at his home in Los Angeles on August 30th, 2015, four weeks after his 76th birthday. I just pulled up your notes and I read along with you. Yeah, 100%, dude. That's a life. Yeah. 76 years old is not anything to shake a stick at on top of the fact of what a legacy to let Leo leave behind. Like, that's the one thing that people say. It's like, you know, you you do something meaningful and you leave a legacy like that, like you'll live forever and all that kind of stuff. Like, what have you done to, like, leave your mark in this world? And that guy left quite a fucking mark <laughs> on this and he world. left several i mean even just creating freddy would be enough but yeah. he also has ghost face he also has hills have eyes i mean he yep a yeah, lot of classic and swamp thing i mean he didn't create it but he did the first swamp thing movie right yeah no I, yeah ghost face yeah yeah ghost face is up there too like but well, I mean, Scream was one of my first horror movies. Yep, I remember that. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I do, and I, I do, I can't wait to dive into those movies um, 
and honestly, like I said, it would probably would be my like I told you today at lunch. It would probably be my pick if I if I wouldn't have said that my next episode would not be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yep, yep. All right. Well, that is it. Hope I wasn't too long winded there at the end. Sorry, I didn't no, breathe man, more. <laughs> <laughs> Pace yourself, little bud. I know. I get excited. Uh, um. Yeah. So that's it for. Our, uh, Original verse remake plus a director spotlight on Wes Craven. We hope you liked it, and if you did, let us know, and we'll do more. Yeah, I I, um, I have one in mind. Um, I thought about doing the same thing for my next episode, but then I kind of thought, you know, for what I'm going to do, it would be a little more appropriate to hold out a little bit longer. Um, and then I, I was having a real tough time being like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? I know. Well, and, the, and what so, makes it even more so, in the thing that I meant to talk about at the beginning and forgot, is that yeah. technically, this episode marks the first week in our four-week-long sprint to Halloween. Yep. Where, I don't remember if we actually came up with a decent title for this time of year, but it's essentially we're going <laughs> to try our damnedest to do an episode a week for the month of October. Right, and we did it last year. And honestly, hey, listeners, if you have, if you want to help us name our sprint to Halloween, or as I called it at lunchtime, our October Blitz, or our October Blitz, like yeah. if you, if you have a clever name, like I, I would love to hear what we should call our Halloween Fury Month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, like what should we call it? I'd love to hear what you guys had. You know your input on that definitely um and if it's if you guys give us something that we like we'll we'll talk about we'll more than likely go with it shout you out on the podcast all that yeah. good stuff um you could use whatever we called it last year and completely forgot about and we wouldn't even know so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not wrong and so yeah the way that this is going to pan out is uh this episode and if we would have got together last week like we wanted to we would have dropped this episode yesterday on September 28th right. as like a bone as a bonus but it ended up being just a regular episode mm-hmm. but this episode will drop on October Monday October 5th yep. which means October 5th will be this October 12th will be mine um, we did kind of announce what we were doing all the way through the month of October do we want to do that or do we want to wait? I know what mine are. I, what? <laughs> my, okay, one of so mine's already done, so I can say what my other one is if you want. Uh, okay, cool. So, yeah, last year we gave a monthly schedule. Like, we put up a, a little graphic for saying, hey, this is what our our sprint to Halloween is going to be, if mm-hmm. you will. So, October 5th will drop, and this will be the original versus remake director spotlight edition of... Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street um, and Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. My next episode that will drop October 12th, we are going to cover um, American Horror Story. We're going to pick a... So this is the deal. I'm going to put I'm gonna put up a poll on Facebook. I know I ask you guys for a lot, but if, <laughs> um, <laughs> if there's a season that you want us to cover, generally 
we start with the first and we work like we have to cover the original and then we can go wherever we want after that right. so if there's an episode that you guys if there's a season you want us to do like say 1984 is just your absolute favorite like what justin was talking about at work today mm-hmm. um let me know. Say, hey, I want you to do 1984. But if I don't get any responses or feedbacks or anything like that, we'll most likely go with Coven because that's Justin's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If, if if we don't get any responses or suggestions, we're going to cover the first season. Right. Which uh, actually I, I would say is my favorite. Yeah, I would have to look up a list of all the uh, season names and then I could give you a rundown of what my um my rankings of seasons would be but um so i would have to say if my 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 favorite episode and there's been a few seasons that i haven't finished like i never did finish roanoke i stopped after three so yeah that's kind of where i stopped too i didn't finish colt either yeah but I did do Apocalypse, and I actually, no, I didn't finish 1984 either, but we talked about that, and I want to. So we're going to cover Murder House, unless otherwise told differently by you. Mm-hmm. Um, then October, I lost my calendar here. So then that will be October 12th. October 19th will be Justin's episode, and I'll let him tell you what that'll be. Uh, I have decided in the uh, spirit of Halloween and my favorite thing to watch during this time of year, I'm doing a spotlight on Treehouse of Horror from The Simpsons. I did it on a Nerds World last year. Yes, you did. Um, But for this show, I'm going to do it a little different, and we're going to try and make it a yearly thing. And so we're going to cover the first three Treehouse of Horrors and cover the next three next year to never, ever get caught up. To where they are presently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're like fifteen years down the road, being like, "Welcome to season fifteen of fucking Pod and Gore." This is the no, only episode we do now because we told them we'd finish it. Yeah, but uh, Simpsons is still years. going. They're <laughs> <laughs> on year forty-eight, and here I am, sixty-three <laughs> years 20. old. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and that was the thing too, man. Because I like I knew that. Simpsons and Treehouse, that's your thing. And even when I sent you that picture, I was like, God, we got to find a way to get Treehouse into ours. Yeah. Um, and so here we are doing that. Um, so yes, I did the research uh, for it all today. I think I figured out a way that we can do it. Perfect. Um, way to be productive while I was laying down. Um, what I do? It, well, you got to do something. Uh, so October 26th will be my next episode after that and this is going to be my original versus remake and director spotlight episode Mm -hmm. i'm going to do the original halloween versus rob zombies halloween and i'm going to do a director spotlight on the john carpenter i like it i kind of like the way this will bookend other people might disagree because we're doubling up but i kind of like the uh bookendedness of this it's an it's a nice diversity, man. We're at, like we're not covering a movie yeah. that say like because it's like horror. It's not like Christmas or like where we get themey in other seasons. Like oh hey, you know it's St. Patrick's Day. Let's talk about Leprechaun or mm-hmm. you know it's Christmas time. Oh man, we got to cover you know Black Christmas. Like Chris, like horror is that thing that can be done all year long and 
most of it either takes place on Halloween or it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like it's just, it's scary. And mm -hmm. so like it, with this October, like it's, we're not going anywhere. There's no plans to end the show. So we could keep this going as long as we want. There's plenty of time to cover, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I, I do agree also that we're going to start out October and end out October the same way. And we're actually going to be talking about series yeah. opposed to just, you know, breaking down movies like we normally do, which don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I wanted to do scream, but yeah, we'll probably get to that in November, but and that we'll was the thing I was like, there. right. And that was one of the things I, I talked about today where I, it kind of felt like it would be more of your topic where we would do something along the lines of a, um, Halloween specials episode. And then I was thinking about, cause I, we're older. I mm -hmm. more so, um, I grew up watching like the Roseanne's and the home improvements and, you know, the classic yeah. 90 sitcoms where they would go all out on their Halloween episodes. And like, granted, there's only like a handful, but like, I don't know. It could like, be a fun episode. episode it, yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Um, I'll make up a nice little graphic for the social medias and we'll get that out there. Yeah. Um, I think we rambled enough, though. I think <laughs> so, a, too. Let's well, tell them solid... where to find us and get the hell out of here. All right. So you can find us on Facebook at Pod and Gore uh, Podcast. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, we also have a Facebook group. It's uh, the Pod and Gore Podcast official Facebook group. Um, we do add, we do, when you, it is closed it's not private, but it is closed. And so it's our way of trying to keep it like quality content in there. Like yeah. we don't want just people coming in. Like we've had some, like you, you always get your, your trolls and you get people that come in and post things that have nothing to do with whatever the group is about. And like, it's a group for people who love horror movies and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we would love to keep it that way so we do ask that way if you request to join the group that you do fill out the questionnaire mm -hmm. it's really easy you just tell us who your what your favorite horror movie is if you have a favorite slasher have you ever listened to us and if you're listening right now then obviously you have sure and then yeah it's, it's you know 15 seconds and you're in um we just we want to keep the trolls out and we want to keep keep the, the bots and the... the bots and we don't care about how many people are in the group we just want the right people in the group that are going to come in and have a fun time and talk about our all you know our love of horror. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. You can email us at um, uh, sorry pod and gore at gmail dot com. Oh my god! How you long okay? have I been doing this outro? <laughs> I forgot. About twenty minutes. Our email. Yeah, podgore@gmail.com. Send us an email. Let, let us let, let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, like and review us. Definitely. Uh, we appreciate the shit out of that. Um, you know, tell tell your friends about us. Uh, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We'll we you know would love to hear where that is at. Um, no new likes. Uh, no new um, ratings or reviews this week. Um, That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, people are listening. We got we got numbers, yeah. you know, on the on the listens. We just 
we'd love to hear some feedback, good or bad. Let us know. If you yeah, have like an idea I always for an say, episode, if, if you don't tell us what you like and don't like, we don't know. So we just do whatever the hell we want. Like we take listener requests on like movies. I mean, hell, we just did House of a Thousand Corpses uh, for a friend of the show Tibbers recently. Mm-hmm. So if there's if there's something you want us to cover, let us know. If you have an idea of an episode that has nothing to do with a, a movie or a TV show, but it, it falls within the guidelines. We'd love to hear what it is and yeah. try to tackle something like that. Um, just, yeah, definitely let us know, and we'll look into that. Um, but, yeah, so I can't wait to get into October. It's my favorite time of year. It's cooling Sorry. down, getting spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, we will see you um, in two weeks. No, and we'll see One you in a week. week. We'll see you for in a us, week. it might be two weeks, but for them... <laughs> It'll be a week. It'll, yeah, we'll see. You, we'll see you in a week. Uh, I can't wait to pop out some episodes. Um, off topic, real quick. It was kind of funny because I mentioned earlier when I brought up Ju- when Justin had brought up, hey, you know what time of the you know year it is? It's our you know October episodes or like where we do because mm-hmm. I like I get super busy, so it's not necessarily feasible. But like I always want to do more episodes, and so <laughs> like. It does, like, the. Uh, I wish you guys could have saw the look on Justin's face today when he was like, oh, my God, it's October. Like, it was like, you know, a kid in a candy store that was about to open up. Like, it, it's good times. So we can't wait to get this content out to you this month. And Definitely. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Until then, I've been Justin. <laughs> and I've been Brandon. Bye. Bye. Bye.